the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the lake of fire, the second death. These are images that flooded my adolescent mind alongside real-life stories of pastors in Soviet prisons and mental institutions. This was all alongside the ever-present possibility of a nuclear holocaust. Fast forward to today, we have Russian hackers, disinformation campaigns, fake news, conspiracy theories, and to top it all, a global pandemic. Surely, the stage is set. I'm Paul White, and this is Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation. Join me and my special guest and friend Pete Milner as we explore what God might be saying through this incredible book to us today. Hi everyone, and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White, and my great friend Pete Milner. Hi everyone. And today we are looking at Revelation chapter 20. So let us pray. Lord, once again, we ask you to speak to us. Lord, we know that you have things you want to say to us and to your church through this chapter, through this book, even today. Mm. And so we humble ourselves before you and we want to see that glorious risen Jesus powerfully portrayed that impacts our lives forever Mm. amen amen so here we go i shall read then i saw an angel coming down from heaven holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain and he seized the dragon that ancient serpent who is the devil and satan and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Dare we ask why? <laughs> yes. Could we not just leave him there? Yeah. Please. Or, or how, I mean, it is my problem. I, I found that there are two real abyssal looking things in revelation Mm -hmm. there's the abyss that has a key where these hideous hordes of things escape and where the devil seems to be cast into here the sort of realm of of grot and grime yes and then there is a final lake of fire which we shall see and and we did see in the previous Mm -hmm. time we've had reference we've had the beast and the false prophet already lobbed in there but it seems to me that that's that's separate somehow. So when it says that he's thrown into this abyss, and it is mm-hmm. the same word, it, yeah. it's, it translates here to bottomless pit, but I think abyss is better. Yeah. It's like somehow he's cast down mm-hmm. out of the heavenly realm. Mm-hmm. And for me, the question is less, what does this thousand years represent? And more, what does the casting down of Satan represent? Right. Because... I remember reading in the Old Testament that Satan appears to have the run of the place up in heaven. He seems to be able to go back and forth from heaven to earth, mm-hmm. deceiving Adam and Eve and you know, provoking the conflict with Job and casting sure. sores and misfortune upon Job. But Jesus says, doesn't he, in Luke chapter 10, when people 
finally recognise his authority and participate in his kingdom Mm -hmm. here on earth, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, rejoices and he says, I saw Satan cast down like lightning from heaven. Amazing. And to me, the way I, I look at this is it's like the heavenly picture of how Satan was, the, you know, the door is shut on him for good. He can't mm-hmm. go back up there. And whatever suffering and mortality and illness are, I don't think they're the same thing that Job experienced. And I don't think Satan has any longer the ability to sort of present himself up in heaven and sort of incite things. He's he's cast down. Mm. And so... The, the binding of Satan, the sort of chucking out of, out of the heavenly realm means he's got, he's stuck. You know, that this is, he's, he's angry because he knows his time is short, but yeah. he's limited and he cannot deceive yeah. the nations in that way. It's so interesting. It, because we have this terminology, don't we? And he seized the dragon. I yeah. love it that it's an angel. Yeah. You know, who's already, we've oh, already yeah. had the conversation. This isn't important enough for Jesus to do it. We've already had the conversation that we're fellow servants along with the yeah. angels, you know, and they're Just kind of partnering in. with us. So this phenomenal being who is one of our buddies, kind of partners and yeah. compadres on this journey, he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, and then it clarifies to us who the dragon is. Yes. So this is the one who wanted to eat the man-child, the yep. offspring of the woman. He's uh, the he... one who tempted us in the Garden of Eden. He's the one who was uh, accusing Job and has yep. been the accuser of God's people this time. Yeah. He's the devil and Satan. That's him. This horrid being and is thrown into this pit. But it's kind of... It really isn't saying it's over for him, but it certainly mm. is limited and is his opportunities are curtailed by this season. Yes, and something earth-shatteringly significant has taken place, hasn't it? And I think that that's so important because I I worry when some people talk about Satan's activity in the world, they do make it look like, as I mentioned a few episodes ago, that that like it's yin and yang, darkness versus light, 50-50, who will win? I don't know. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's very, very evenly matched. But here... You know, Jesus is far too important to worry about lobbing a devil into jail. That's yeah. easy. You know, just get an angel to do it. You know, the the reality, the heavenly reality is that the devil is, is far, far inferior to the one that sits upon the throne. He's just an angel rank, isn't it? And a well-meaning angel who's a partner with us can just do it. But, I love it. But the but impact only on the when world. it's the time. Yeah. He can't do it before the time, it seems. That's right. The angel's kind of following the... Yeah. The script and the times one, and seasons of God. One of the most difficult puzzles for everyone who believes in God is why is suffering here? Mm-hmm. And the two possible answers, as far as I can see them, are either that God wants to click his fingers and make it all go away, but he can't, or that he can, but he has decided not to out of his own yeah. choice. And to me, I could not quite worship the first one no he's not powerful enough no or worthy enough yeah you know the only one worthy of praise is the one who's supreme lord of all creation and can if he chooses snap his fingers and make it all Mm -hmm. go over but there's love and there's salvation there's deliverance and other things that he's doing for which it seems that the the die is cast and we must endure evil Mm -hmm. for this short time that we call our human mortal life but 
we are assured right here, aren't we, that the one seated on the throne truly has the power and the dominion yeah. and the glory forever and ever. And that's a, a great help to me. It's glorious, isn't it? Um, so he's, yeah, verse four. Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Mm. I also saw the, the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Mm. Over such, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Well, there wow. you go. So... We have this scenario now shifting, don't we? And we've got this sense of a heavenly court or mm. something like that. And so we know that there is the throne and the yes. one who sits on the throne. And the throne called out in the last chapter. And there's this... So we, we're not questioning that. We've no. got used to the fact that there are 24 elders. Yep. Oh. Who are... <coughs> they have crowns and thrones of their own. Yeah, And authority, but they don't... It doesn't, it's all very subordinate. Yes. Yeah. Laid down and thrown down repeatedly before the Lamb. Yes. Before God. And now we see these thrones. And it reminds me of Daniel chapter 7. Yes, where you've got should. that kind of sense of this court being gathered. And mm. they, they have the power to issue a verdict, yes. don't they? In Daniel. Yep. Uh, Daniel 7.22, if you want to check it out. Mm -hmm. um, but also... It's this this thing which we've commented on a few times, Pete. It's this sense of the human disciples of Jesus. And, yeah. and yes, part participating, partnering with the Lamb and with his, with his plan for the universe. There's a role for mm. human beings to play in, even at this level of yes. seniority, which is Even phenomenal. at the cosmic scale, yes. which is truly remarkable, isn't it? Um. So at the last episode, Jesus came like a rider on a white horse with a tongue like a sword that mm -hmm. slayed all opponents yeah. and came and then has established the reign of God on the earth. Um, you know, and, and here we have a thousand years where we're told he, he reigns on earth with his people. And it's led many to believe that. Um, this is a, a sort of prefiguring of what heaven will be like. Right. That Jesus will come to the world and literally reign here with us on the actual earth for a thousand years. Yeah. And that, that is a literal figure for a lot of people. Um, that is a, seems to be a fairly straightforward reading, doesn't mm -hmm. it? But there are other approaches that others have employed over the years. Sure. And I think that, that for me, it's hard for me to think again about like how many times jesus is supposed to come back i always think that mm. it's once for all surely yeah um despite the sort of um appearance of this text so just humor me for a minute so what happens to me when i become a christian jesus says you must be born again born again so i must be revived or, or you know my life must begin again mm -hmm. 
Do you think it's it's a problem to see the first resurrection of this piece of passage to say when I come to life in Christ, it's like me being dead coming to a life in the spirit. Do you think that's a, a possibly potentially fair reading of whatever first resurrection might mean? Or is that too it, much of a no, stretch? Well, I think no, I think it I think it is a possible one. I think it's hard to kind of kind of sort of extricate oneself from the traction of the kind of standard view. Yeah, yeah. Which would be about, you know, a this, future yeah. period of a thousand years worth yeah. But yeah. But uh, if if it was, so if the first resurrection is is actually the spirit of God coming into our spiritually dead selves and making us alive in Christ and being born again, as Jesus said, everybody has to be born again if they want to be part of the kingdom. So if that is that, then is it also true that we do actually reign with Christ? Is Christ the king of the world? Does he reign on the earth through his body? Well, let's have a little think about that, Pete. So sure. one of one of my classic favourite verses in the New Testament would yeah. have to be Paul right into the Ephesians. And he says, you've been raised up and seated with Christ in yes. heavenly places. Which is remarkable all by itself. Yeah. And, you know, and we've been adopted be um, as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, and so on and so on and so on. And he talks about these riches mm. that he's lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. And he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him in heaven and on earth goes on to say, you know, how you were once dead in your trespasses and sin, chapter two, mm-hmm. um, and God has made us alive in Christ. Yes. And ra- by grace we've been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show his immeasur- the immeasurable kindness of his great, uh, and so on and so on and so on. Mm. And so there is a sense in which... I would say yes, for sure. Yeah. I absolutely believe that I'm called to reign with him now. Yes. And that my position is... As a king and a priest in this heavenly actually kingdom. Actually seated with him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Astonishing. When and... we look at this and see the thrones and stuff, yeah. you kind of think, hold on a minute, where are we then? Yeah. In, yeah. What, what part do I have in this? I mean... One of the things is about this text is it says that the ones here are people who've been beheaded for their sure. testimony. So I Which mean, hasn't happened to me, thanks. Sure, God. thankfully, so yeah. far. <laughs> Keep on telling the truth and see what happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, the, you know, the, this is the coming to life and the rest of the dead does, do not come to life until the thousand years are ended. So whatever this is, this is not the end, the final great resurrection which will happen at the end of time mm. of the quick and the dead all gathered before the throne. Yeah. So whatever this is, it's not that. Mm. Because Paul writes to Timothy, doesn't he, and, and blames Hymenaeus and, and the other guy, I can't remember his Alexander. name. But he says, yeah. you know, people are misleading each other by saying the great resurrection has already happened and that's leading other people astray. Yeah. So it's not that that has happened. We're not saying that the, the end has come and Jesus has returned no. and the, the parousia has happened. But the, the millennium in this way of looking at it becomes a way of just interpreting what the actual deal is with us being seated in heavenly places, us being part of the reign of Jesus Christ in the world, in the nations. We're 
understanding that when the devil's opening gambit with Jesus, when he goes to the wilderness and, and, you know, when Jesus is fasting and praying and the devil says, amongst other things, you see all the nations of the earth. Mm -hmm. I will give you them if you bow down and worship me. You know, you can shortcut this whole plan that you and God, the father have dreamt up. I'll give you them. All you have to do is worship me. I, I can get you that way. And I think that's a real offer. I think mm-hmm. the devil in his hands at that time should be thought of as the, the kind of prince of prince the powers of the, of the air, the yeah. prince of this world, the ruler of this sure. world. Um, but Jesus's incarnation, his establishment of the kingdom on the earth, because he says, you know, well, if I drive out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom has come. come. Right. Yeah. So it's here. The kingdom is here. Satan's cast down like lightning out of heaven. And we then have to do the work of going to the nations, which yeah. are not now actually subordinated to satan in that way in the same way they were once where god gets one nation the ethnic israel judea etc mm-hmm. and, and all the other ones that belong to someone else but now jesus is the lord of all nations and from every tribe and nation and people and language and tongue and multitude and whatever else comes those who are redeemed who are called by his name to represent all those nations in eternity as part of this kingdom so to me, I'm happy looking at this millennium and saying, well, the millennium is a way of looking at what we are experiencing right now. And so I don't have to wait for a future event in the future when the gospel will work in power and there'll be no more sure. kind of national opposition from Satan. I, I can live in that reality yeah. right now. And I, I certainly think that um, it's possible to put all our hopes of victory mm, and too far in the future into the millennium catch-all yeah. box kind of thing let's and defeat him today with the power yeah. of jesus let's and so on we, the assault it's all like deferred to some time in the future yeah but and, I, and we, we sort of end up with this over meek christianity mm-hmm. don't we that's sort of hiding in the bushes waiting for the time when we'll finally be free yeah and actually i think that the spirit of the sovereign lord anoints us to go there and do it because who's lord of the nations is it satan by mm. no means you know satan is is not in my way in that sense it, it there is a sense in which the the sort of opposition to god is satanic in its flavor yeah. and its authority maybe and there is a sense in which human decision still kind of provides an obstacle for that but i believe that with faith and with passion and discipleship and us doing what we're called to do that we will live that reality we won't have to have this sort of mortally hopeless christianity we could be able to walk and talk like disciples like they did in luke 10 wow so these these people then who have been revivified they've been brought back to life Mm. they have they came to life and they reigned and they reigned with christ for a thousand years um yeah this is amazing but then verse five maybe possibly makes makes us question that way of looking at it because it says the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended so it does seem to be talking about actually dead people rather than just we were dead in our trespasses and sin yeah maybe yeah um I mean, the, I the think, Bible does use resurrection as a way of describing how we're born again. Yeah. I've got a couple of references here. John, Jesus does it in John 3, verses 1 to 8, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and Titus 3, verses 6 to 7. 
I'm sure we'll get some comments and do feel free do <laughs> please, feel free to comment yeah. on it if there's a way you yeah. can do that. And, and please please accept our humble estate. You know, mm-hmm. we are not experts in this field, are we? Neither of us really are. Yeah. And we're coming at this as honest readers trying to make sense of our reality. And a lot of people say a lot of things about yeah. the millennium. And I, for one, am slightly bored to tears with finding out that every single person that writes an article or a book about it is disagreeing with all of the other ones. You know, nobody (laughs) agrees with anyone about what it is, really. It's it's quite a challenging um, concept to fit into what we understand about the kingdom reality now, I think. So, um, right, so verse 5 then, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Mm -hmm. This is the first resurrection. Yeah. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in that resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. Mm-hmm. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Well, we know that we are priests of God, yeah. even now. Mm-hmm. And that we, and so we, we absolutely do believe that we're reigning with him now. Yes. For until during the course of this life really sure i mean there there is a, a desire in me to kind of read the bible and just take it as it's read and and yeah. in, in that case i would be much more comfortable with with a future period of a thousand years where all that stuff is mm-hmm. true but you know the lord owns cattle on a thousand hills the, the bible is sometimes symbolic with these numbers rather mm-hmm. than just precise and yeah. i i have no problem in in looking at this as a yeah kind of symbolic amount of time that that's helpful for us to understand that this has come for good yeah i think just like you've been quite sort of um tough about numerology in the new testament i think you also have to be fairly um flexible about chronology because you know like when the kings we read a couple um sessions ago about the kings gave were given authority for one hour Mm. you know and you kind of think right all right, what hour is that? <laughs> you know, and so I think, yeah, there, it does fry the brain if we try and work out all the maths mm. and get it all in a box. You end up with some very ropey algebra, don't you? And, yeah, and I've had all kinds of pe- people trying to persuade me of certain dates and times that they've worked out the sums and it, yeah. it leads to this particular day. And those days that are day now, always come and goes. passed and yep. it hasn't happened. So for us, they've been... <laughs> Pardon? Have they publicly declared their no, um, no, apology for being wrong? I doubt it. Mm. So when the thousand years are ended, verse 7, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city... But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever. Wow. So here's the thing. If that millennium, that thousand years, is a future thing where Jesus himself will literally be here, present in the flesh, to to kind of guess at the term... Um, if he will be here and we, his rule shall extend to the ends of the earth, who is Satan going to deceive? Mm. What 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 faith could the people who were reigning with Christ in the millennium 
have if they were then able to be deceived in a hand's breadth of a moment by Satan as soon as he's let out from jail. Mm. I think that we should see it as, as now because if Satan were let loose on this world in the fullness of his fury, he would gather them all up and try and slay everyone who called upon the name of Jesus in an instant. That's, that would be his plan. I think the scripture is telling us exactly so that that is his plan. That at the appointed time, he'll be released from his prison. He'll deceive the nations and everybody who's not reigning on on the earth with Christ as part of the church. They will array themselves for this this great battle. And turn on. Yeah. The, the, turn on us. Turn on. The church, I think yeah. so. But we're promised that the fire from heaven will consume them all. And the devil finally will be thrown into that lake of fire and sulfur where mm. there shall be no escape. Yeah. I mean, we could go and talk about Gog and Magog. Oh, and golly. These guys, they're characters from the Old Testament, aren't they? Yes. So presumably they're symbolic rather than themselves resurrected. Well, there, there are, there's a big old heavy-duty school of thought in there. And, and Ezekiel, um, the last chapters of Ezekiel are the place you'll find them in their most clear clarity. Right. And the idea is that Ezekiel sees the the sort of heavenly heavenly kingdom, the heavenly temple on the earth, and Gog and Magog assemble an army from the ends of the earth, and, and he names lots of them. Right. And these ancient Hebrew words for places and people are sort of unified. So, you know, Egypt is 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 there, so is is Cush, and so is yeah. Persia. And, you know, these, these nations, we kind of know where they were in the ancient Hebrew yeah. way of thinking, and they've all gathered against each other and all attacked at once, and that sort of inaugurates the end for Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. So here they are again, and I think, although they're not precisely, you know, easy to, to align perfectly as, as visions together... I do think that it's probably the same picture and mm. the writer of Revelation is, is drawing on Ezekiel's picture sure. for that reason. And, you know, there were people in the 1950s and 60s who, when the Six-Day six War took place, they were like, oh my goodness, go. that is Game it. On. The whole Islamic world arrayed with Soviet support and against... it did look like it. It sure did. And now, yeah. what does it look like? Well, it's hard to believe that that yeah. was this, to me. Yeah. So... You know, maybe it is. Let's just park that thought, Pete, because I want to get onto great. the great white throne. Oh, me too. <laughs> judgment, rather than get on the throne. I want to fair get enough. Onto, fair yes. enough. Um, yes, sorry. So, no, no, that's really good. Um, helpful to see that sort of overlaying of prophetic. Mm. Verse 11 Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they'd done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they'd done. Then mm. death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, this is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the fire, the lake of fire, rather. Wow. This is, this seems to be the final judgment, doesn't it? The, the ultimate reckoning 
Yeah, there's either still a place for earth and sky and life as we know it, or there isn't. And it sure looks like there's no place left now, doesn't it? Which, I mean, just really interesting, the, this personification of the earth and sky fleeing away. And we have yeah. it in A Christmas Carol, don't we? Heaven and earth shall flee away when yes. he comes to rain. And we just glibly sing that at mm. Christmas in the lovely rosy glow of yeah. the Christmas feeling. Yeah, but this is the end of this the physical universe as we know it, isn't it? telling something profound, isn't yeah. it? And so it's like, then death and Hades also personified, and we don't really know what that means. But yeah, it's probably not a gloomy skeleton guy in a black cloak with a with a Or scythe, a Disney character with, yeah. No, with a Hades. blue fire on his head. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think so. This is the end of mortality and the end of physicality in some meaningful way, isn't it? This is it. I would just like to throw something out because we haven't got so long sure. to think about this. But just that there has been a very strong teaching um, for many, many years um, that there will be one judgment mm -hmm. for the mass of the world. Yeah. And a separate judgment for the Christians, the believers okay. of the followers of Jesus. And so they talk about the judgment seat of Christ that mm -hmm. Paul talks about. And they use a different Greek word, bima, for the sure. judgment seat of Christ. But then this great white throne. Mm -hmm. But for me, as I read this, Pete, all I can see books. is these books. And there's one book which has... Which is basically the, the book to be in. Yeah. If you're not, if your name isn't written in the book of life, then I'm sorry. That's it. Everything that God had for you on offer, made available in Jesus, is no longer available to you. Yeah. That is the final hard line of your life. And it's the second death after that. There presumably will be a reward or something going on, but talk us just how do you see that for the. Um, I like one judgment rather than several, yeah, just yeah. like I like one return of Christ rather than several. Um, the way I see it is that there's two sets of books, isn't there? There's one book and then there's lots of books. Mm. And I remember reading this wonderful little yellow paperback by a guy called Rob Lacey, who wrote it for teenagers mm. dealing with like what happens at the end of days. Sure. And his imagination of it is basically to, to be pretty literal with this scene. And the other main picture you get is from 1 Corinthians 3, where Paul says there's a foundation laid and then we build yeah. upon it like the three little piggies. We've talked about mm -hmm. them before. Yeah. You know, the quality of our work will be tested with fire. And actually, at the end of that test, there will come a verdict. Is Are you in or are you out? Mm -hmm. And what is the sort of sum consequence of your life? And Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 talks about there being sort of treasure left over behind. And mm -hmm. Rob Lacey imagined it as, as like there'll be a crown of your own based on the quality of your work. So if right. you laid up treasure in heaven, mm -hmm. if you did the works of the kingdom of heaven, there'll be a great treasure for you as a reward to sort of symbolize that your, your kind of participation in Jesus's work. And it's possible for you to have the verdict passed and to say your life actually left no treasure behind you were oh. just dust you know the books testifying mm -hmm. to everything you've ever done are woof, visited with fire tested with fire and it's possible to be saved and be in the lamb's book of life but yet feel that gutting realization actually yeah. i did not live for him i mm -hmm. did not follow you i didn't do things with you and i think that that's 
how I see it sort of folded in together, yeah. that there'll be one judgment. The real, 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 real life or death question is, are you in the book of life? But actually there is a reckoning of yes. what you have done. Yeah. You know, the Bible is and so Jesus clear. does a lot of parables sort of along that theme, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, where the, the master returns and yeah. some of them are like, yes, you know, at last, you know, I see all the fullness of my reward. Yeah. And others are like, oh my goodness, I've just escaped by the skin of my teeth. Mm-hmm. As, as one escaping through the flames, yeah. as it says in another yeah. place. Yeah. And so I think that the thing we should be certain of is the finality of this judgment, yeah. the reality of the second death. The Lamb's Book of Life and that being the final say of who's in and who's out. Yes. And the examination of the content of our life as it's, you know, it's symbolized here in books. And, but I think it will be the thing that Jesus said, you know, everything we've done in secret, everything we've thought about, everything we've done will be sort of announced and, and a verdict will be drawn upon it to say, mm. these are the deeds that follow you. Yeah. And what did you do? You know. Did you do mighty works in my name or did you follow me? Were you obedient or have you all been kind of coasting on the fact that you've got a golden ticket to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory? Wow. And I think there has been a kind of almost Willy Wonka theology in some places. I'm afraid so. Where it's like, yeah, we're in, that's fine, we just carry on. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Um, you believe that it's once saved, always saved, mm -hmm. then evangelism becomes this great art of sort of tricking people behind their back to sort of repeat a prayer and then be yeah. like right done done got you're you. in you know yeah. i got you snagged you're, you you little you're fishy. tagged yeah i've i've fished and i've caught you therefore even if your life shows no fruit of this forever mm-hmm. even if you never give another thought to god forever you know my two beliefs that once saved always saved and you can become a christian just by praying a prayer you know if if i those are my evangelistic tools then I could convince myself that basically everybody is a Christian because, you know, there's a gazillion kids who've prayed. You know, loads of people have have repeated words that Mm -hmm. sound like, you know, the Bible itself says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But it's Jesus himself who says, not everybody who calls me Lord is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. And one of the enduring messages that keeps coming through in this book of revelation is he who endures to the end or Hold she on to the, the one end. who endures to the end yeah the is, one who keeps to the testimony yeah. for good yes don't and don't it. take the beast's mark on you and you know hmm. the ones who've kind of been willing to not hold love on. their lives so much as to shrink from death no, and all that but kind to of hold on to the testimony of Jesus yeah, yeah. and to continue to hold on to the word of life yeah. and so there is a challenge for us today mm. however we um, understand the idea of the millennium or yeah. you know this thousand year period and that that ultimately we will stand before God yeah and, and give an account it's jolly well important which book aren't our name is in yes and he will test our works and he yeah and there will be Mm. i think up to this point there will be room for some serious regret i mean Mm. i I used to love this old preacher i don't know if you know leonard ravenhill Mm -hmm. who who died a a long time ago now um but he used to say that he didn't think there'd be one person in that day who didn't wish somehow that they had prayed more wept Mm. more done more lived more Mm. and it is the light of eternity that shines that truth into us isn't it to Mm. say golly i know that i have limited faculties i know that i'm just one guy you know i know that Mm. i'm limited in all sorts of ways but 
the direction of my life should always travel towards more of Jesus, more of his name, more of mm-hmm. his love and comfort and more of the spirit's action and activity in my life. That I should not settle for the certainty of the promise as far as I understand it right now. But I need that promise to keep working through me like like leaven in dough yeah. till it's puffed me all the way up. Right. Like I need mm-hmm. to see its work completed. Yeah. I need to work out my salvation with some trembling because Absolutely. I know what's coming. Absolutely. Oh, and may the God of all comfort reach you in this because yeah. I know that it's it's hard. I'm sorry that that to our listeners this is sounds like we're turning the screw and this you know it's hellfire still, and damnation and stuff. Of course it is. It's still about the grace of God. It's still At the is, end. Yeah. The only way we're going to be in that book is because Jesus paid for us to be there, and we believed it, and he, we said yes, thank you. Let it count for me, please. Yeah. So. Ladies and gentlemen, if you found this uh, podcast helpful or stimulating or challenging or just annoying, you want to rate it and <laughs> share it and complain about it, mm, go ahead. Let and, us know. Um, yeah, do share it. It's good for it's good to get this message out there and get people thinking and contributing mm. and but, doing. Yes, but Lord, we bless every single person who's listening today, and. Thank you for them and thank you for their sincere heart to know you. And we bless them to be filled to the fullness of the measure of God and Mm. to be just ruling and reigning with Jesus in this life, even now, for your glory. Amen. Amen.